from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is Thai Cats Today with Louie Budko. Yes, it is Thai Cats Today for a Wednesday, August the 3rd, 2022. Happy Hump Day, Louie Butko here on the Thai Cats Audio Network. Appreciate you tuning in to this show and all the other great shows we have for you on the Thai Cats Audio Network, including Morelli and Hitch. You can catch the uh, former teammates and longtime friends and Hamiltonians. Uh, telling some stories from the past. You can always catch that available right here on the Ticats Audio Network. Coming up on today's show, we'll hear from the president and football operations and head coach, Orlando Steiner, as we do every day here on Ticats Today. Uh, we'll hear from Dylan Wynn and Braylon Addison uh, getting set for Saturday's game in Toronto against the Argonauts. And coming up, we'll have Luke Tasker, former Ticat receiver and now an analyst with us at the Ticats Audio Network. He'll be by and we'll get his thoughts on uh, where the team is uh, getting set for that matchup in Toronto. Uh, let's get right into it. Let's hear from the head coach of the Ticats. Here's Orlando Steinauer and uh, continuing the the baby theme uh, with baby Ivy, you know, who was here yesterday, and uh, we won't get too much into that because we spent a lot of time on it yesterday, but uh, ask Coach about uh, getting to meet baby Ivy for the first time and just how he has seen Dane change in uh, the few weeks he has been a father. Here's what Coach Owen said. Just different different you know, topics to talk about. You know, it's, It was the build-up to having the baby, and, and uh, although he didn't have much to do with it, uh, down the stretch anyway. Um, that's it. Other than that, he comes to work. He's still early. He's still late to leave, and uh, he's he's committed. And um, but other than that, you know, I think uh, just you know probably less walks with the dog, less talks about that. Other than that, uh, you know, can't give him too much too much talk about here because there's a lot of players with kids. You know, well we'll find out. You know, I think the the most important thing, Matthew, is just that we're it's just this week, and then obviously there's going to be some sort of um, it's not even strategy. You just got to kind of feel your team out and, and see what the results are. And then also, you know, I think the thing that will come into question is just how much do you practice? You know, what is necessary and what's not? Uh, this will be the first time that I've ever played a same team, you know, four times in five weeks. Um, we know it's been on the schedule, but uh, just trying to knock out number one first. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of sometimes the best teacher is experience and sometimes you don't have to be part of it. You can watch other games. Uh, you can be part of some of the other games that we've been a part of and emotions are going to be part of it. That's a, a fun part of football. Uh, for us, the game will always come down to execution and we just expect the effort to always be high. And so, yeah, you do rely on leaders a little bit because at the end of the day, you know, coaches can curb it in practice. You can stop the drill. You can do that. But the game, you're just a, you're really a spectator and uh, it's up to them to police that. Well, I think that's always in the, the eyes of who's watching. I think Steven is a guy that not only is he productive, but um, it's, it's when he's productive. I think he's come up with some huge plays, not just the highlight real ones. I think he's tough. He takes big hits. And I think he's establishing himself as somebody that you have to pay attention to. You can ask all the coordinators if, you know, their amount of respect for him or lack thereof. Um, I think when you come into our offense, we do a, you know, because we're so multiple, uh, Tommy does an excellent job and has since 2013 uh, of just moving people around and putting them in, in possibly the best situation, not just to help the team, but oftentimes for them. And so uh, you definitely aren't just going to be in one spot the majority of the time. 
Uh, some games will be like that if that's what the game plan calls for. But I think those names that you mentioned, um, you know, they, they did have a home, but they also were moved around quite a bit. And that is the head coach and president of football operations for the Ticats, Orlando Steinauer. Braylon Addison missed practice on Tuesday, but was back out there today. Just an illness that kept him out, and we had a chance to catch up with uh, Braylon after practice. And I asked about him, asked him about something Tommy and I talked about on yesterday's show. And if you haven't checked it out already, uh, yesterday was joined by assistant head coach and offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Tommy Condell, but uh, we talked about the the simple chaos that uh, comes with a Tommy Condell offense. And I asked Braylon Addison about that after practice today. Uh, here's what uh, number zero had to say about it. Uh, yeah, I would, I would say us as a group. Uh, I would say, you know, day one in training camp every year, that's what Tommy kind of preaches is um, just, you know, that chaotic mentality, that chaos mentality, because uh, I think we're a multiple offense. Um, you know, you see all the time it's multiple guys getting there, getting the ball different ways. So um, I think we got a lot of guys that can do a lot of things Will, and I think Tommy does a great job at um, trying to do those things and trying to utilize them. Yeah, definitely. Um, I enjoy it. Uh, my favorite player growing up was Percy Harvin, so he was a guy that did a lot a lot of things, and uh, you know, I tried to model my game after him. Um, and Tommy, he's also a smart guy. He understands how to give people the ball in multiple ways, and he also listens. And um, you know, there's times when you know I might slot him a player two, or you know, somebody else might slot him a player two, and and he's open enough to run it. So um, I think it just, you know, we complement each other well as far as, like, the players and Tommy. I think we complement each other well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this, that's just what it is. I think we got so many guys on this team that can do a lot of things well. Um, so, you know, a receiver like myself, I go back there and I might get two or three carries in a row, and then Don might get three or four catches in a row. And uh, he's a running back, I'm a receiver. So um, it just speaks to what I said earlier um, and about Tommy, um, just utilizing guys that can do a lot of things, utilizing them well. Uh, I think, you know, when you look at Steven, he's a guy who comes in every day. Um, he's usually one of the first guys in here. Uh, he's working out before practice. Um, he's studying. Uh, he takes care of his body. He comes to practice. He practices hard. I, I would probably say either the hardest on the team or no less than second hardest on the team. And then after practice, he stays and he does things after and he takes care of his body. So um, he's a guy that just he trains. Um, everything that, you know, people see on game day, this is what he does on a daily basis, to be honest. Uh, I would, I would think if you ask everybody, um, the coaches probably say, if, if they could really say it, they would probably say practice like Stephen Dunbar. So um, for him to have the success he's having, it's just it, it's indicative of what he's been doing in practice every day. I would say that's the game of football. Uh, day one in training camp, like I keep saying, everybody came in. I think if you ask all nine teams across the league is, oh, we're going to win the Grey Cup. Everybody said that. So um, Obviously, we started off on four or whatever it was, and you know that wasn't our plan. But like you just said, adversity. And uh, our coaches do a great job, starting from Coach O. They do a great job of training our minds about that every day. It's not about just practice, practice, practice. Like we we do that stuff mentally. We work on that mentally every day about adversity, and we take notes on that every day. So we understood that it was going to be adversity. Obviously, we didn't want to start off zero and four, but the reality is what it is. We're two and five right now. So we're just trying to chip away at it one day at a time. And like I said, everybody's goes to win a great cup. So. Um, every day is going to be adversity. Every, every week is going to be adversity, and the thing is, just keep chipping away. I, I would say, I would say, like I said, we never want to have moral victories. But I think if you go back and look at the tape of every single game we've played in this year, we've either to start the fourth quarter, we've either been ahead or right up until the last three minutes, we've been behind by a score maybe. 
So um, I think as a as a team, we're focusing on finishing. Um, like you just said, we at least three of those games we should have won by a, a nice margin. So um, at the end of the day, our record is our record, but we know what we have in the room. And uh, Coach O preaches it daily that we have the right guys. We just got to focus on the little things and the, and the finishing. So that's just been the mindset going forward is let's keep doing what we do, just get better at the stuff we got to correct, penalties, mental mistakes, and we just got to finish better. That is Braylon Addison as we caught up with him after practice today, back out there after missing yesterday with an illness. Uh, one more piece of sound to get to post-practice. And just as a reminder, you can always go to tycats.ca for the full video of uh, what the people we talked about, talked to, had to say. So again, tycats.ca for full scrums. Had a chance to catch up with Dylan Wynn. Uh, here's what he had to say after practice today. No, but it's added importance. We need to win, you know. Um, we know where we are in the season. And we're just, like I said, chopping up wood and trying to get to the right place that we need to be, especially in our division. It's an East Division opponent, and every East Division opponent's for sure a must win, just like every game. But the little added importance comes with uh, divisional, for sure. We kind of let the coaches handle that one. You know, I'm going to prepare and try to become better every week, um, every practice, every game. So are my teammates, and that's what we focus on. Luckily, you know, as a player, we get a li- we don't have to worry about, you know, the bigger details, the bigger pictures. We're living in this one-week bubble and just trying to become the best D-line that we can, the best defense, the best team that we can. It's just nice to hit pay dirt, you know? Um, not gonna lie, it is nice to start to reap little rewards of all the work we're putting in, just statistically wise. Um, we've we've always, I mean, if anyone pops on film, they know we get after the quarterback. It's just nice to actually get him on the ground. Um, that being said, that's, that's something to enjoy for the day after the game. We're on to the next week and, um, we're just trying to put ourselves in the same situation to have a showing like we did last week. Football is an emotional sport, and uh, you know if if we're not saying, I'm not going to pretend like the QEW battle isn't an emotional battle. Um, it is, and it's something that needs to be taken into account for. That being said, you know, uh, winners win. You're going to find a way to win, and if it distracts from winning, we don't need it. And uh, that's just kind of our mentality going in. Maybe, but it's not something I think about. It's not something my teammates think about. It's not, like I said, that that mentality, that kind of thinking, that worrying about, you know, what they're going to say, what they're doing, what they're, 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 that big their word, um, that distracts from getting better. And that distracts from just doing your job and um, executing to the best of your ability. So. Uh, what we do is we focus on, you know, the minute details of what we have, and that's plenty to focus on. We don't need anything else besides, you know, outside noise is what we call it. But I consider that outside noise. It's just when you get into the game, you got to know, like, if it distracts us from winning, we don't need it. I, I you know, I'm not going to say specifically, oh, I'm getting geared up for that, but I do enjoy going against running backs in this league, and they've become more and more as a whole position group, running backs lately have become more of a weapon in the CFL, and uh, I love it. But what, what about him? Because he, he does multiple stuff, like he'll catch passes out of the backfield. That's not my problem. Him catching it, that's not my, that's not my job. And that's not something I personally fig, focus on and I do. Um, you know, we're just, I just got to do my job, play my 112th, 
And uh, good things happen when you focus on that. It's when people try to play outside of, you know, their jobs, try to do an extra thing, you know, like, oh, I got to get this guy down. It's on me. You know, that's when defenses break down and um, mistakes are made. So it's it's just like any week. It's just like if we were playing Powell, just like if we were playing Wilder, any other running back. You know what I mean? It's just we got to put the bricks in the wall. That's it. And that is Dylan Wynn talking about preparing for the Argos on Saturday. For more on that game, very pleased now to be joined by the men who will be alongside RJ Broadhead with the call right here on the Ticats Audio Network. A former Ticat himself. You can also catch him on Ticats this week, every day before game day. It's Luke Tasker and... uh, Luke, uh, four times in five games against the Argos. I mean, how do you even prepare for a stretch of games like that? It's really bizarre, and I never had that. I don't. When I was playing, the most you played a team was three times in a year because you had your two two of your East opponents three times, and there was one East that was just twice, like all of the West was, and that was consistent throughout my years. And so this is it's really bizarre. I just got to imagine that as the, as these weeks progress, of course you have the Montreal game in the middle of the four Ottawa or four uh, Toronto games, but as the weeks progress, I mean, I am uh, thinking that you're, you're, you're turning your on, your on-field work is going to transition to, you know, from whatever 50, 50 on-field and film to, you know, 90% film by the end of this. Like you're really just watching the previous game. You know, I always thought that was interesting. Like, uh, there was years where we played back to back Toronto just once, like just one game and then the second. But all you watch in that second week is the week before. Whereas in a standard week of prep, you're you're breaking down all the different film categories. You know, you're watching the teams. You know, cut up of, you know, let's say you're playing the Lions and you're going to be watching uh, their score zone defense cut up for all their games of the season or the last four games, and you're studying kind of kind of all of those field positions. But when you're playing that one opponent over and over again, like you don't care what they did against Ottawa two weeks ago. Like you're just, you just, you, you just played them. Like you're just going to be thinking about and preparing for that guy that you went up with last week. And how did he respond to your post route? How did he come down on your, on your slant? And how did he know that you were going to run the slant that time? Stuff like that. So that's just back to back. So on the fourth game, I mean, I imagine you're just, you're just crushing the film and you're resting effectively. I mean, you just, you know, you know uh, what to expect. So I don't know. I hope that we're still seeing great football uh, uh, by the end of it. And surely there's going to be some uh, physicality and we'll see how that progresses. Um, But interesting stuff. I mean, it's just a new, new uh, experiment for me. We talked about this with coach today and Shinetti had a great question and, asking about how it's going to be on the leaders of this team to control the emotions of some of the younger players, guys who have been through this rivalry. Because, like you say, these two teams don't like each other. There's already history. The last time they played, right, we're talking BMO Field at the East Final. So the Argos are looking for a little bit of revenge. How important, and if you were on this team, what would you be saying to the younger guys? Hey, guys, like, we can't be in a position – especially watching what the Argos did on Sunday where they took too many penalties in the fourth quarter and they were goaded into plays. Like mm-hmm. how, what's the messaging in the room to make sure that you never want to take penalties. Tigers are the second least penalized team in the league, which is great to see, but how do you make sure that emotions don't boil over on this and you're still walking that line? Yeah. Uh, well, it comes down to everybody focusing on, on only their assignment and you can't let the game get too 
too big in front of you. It's almost like a playoff game in a sense where like, you know, I always found I was, I would play worse uh, if I let something get, you know, you know, if I put something on a pedestal in my mind, like this game is more important or something like that. I mean, you really got to, you know, boil it down to your responsibility one play at a time. Um, you also have to have that sort of, that's sort of in the positive sense, in the negative sense, you got to say, it's not going to be me who cost my team 15 yards. You know, I, I'm just going to make, I'm going to make sure that it's not me making that crucial penalty. Cause I get too hot out there, you know, or, or cause, 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 cause there's something personal uh, going on on the field uh, for me. And then that, my position group battle, you gotta, you gotta have that mentality. It's the same mentality with, with uh, ball security. You're saying not, not me, like not today. It's not going to be me that, that makes that mistake. And in those crucial penalties that are not, you know, your technical, you know, holding penalty. It's those ones that are after the whistle, those ones that are uncalled for. And sometimes unfortunately happen, you got to decide that, that you're going to not let that be, um, you know, what you're thinking about after the game, your mistake there. And it will build the the responsibility of that. And the difficulty of that for each player is going to build as these games progress. Cause you see the guy, you know, so frequently, you know, it's, I mean, you know, it's like you're, you only see like your best friends four yeah. times a month. Like <laughs> now you're going to go see these guys who you're enemies with, you know, so to speak in the sports world four times a month. I mean, that's, it's going to, it's going to build, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this week I had a chance to catch up with Tommy Condell and I was trying to hammer down, you know, how he would describe his offense. And he finally gave me a, it's a, it's a simple chaos or it's chaotic simplicity. You played for Tommy. You know Tommy going back to your college days even. When you think of Tommy and and what we've seen and how he's implemented these two quarterbacks or, uh, you know, Braylon Addison rushing the football as much as we've seen or other guys rushing, how do you – how do you play for a guy like Coach Tommy? Yeah, uh, his offense requires a great deal of prep uh, week to week. Uh, certainly at the beginning of the season, but he, but even things change as the as the year goes on. I remember some really uh, extensive input, you know, game planning, uh, you know, on day one of some of some weeks, where you know you've got some new stuff flying in throughout the season, and that's not how every offense is is structured. And so, I you know I think he's right in that categorization of sort of uh, controlled chaos or you know uh, an organized chaos where you know you 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 want that. Uh, illusion, I guess, of chaos, especially, you know, for the defense, you know, you want, you, you want to be unpredictable. You want to have a lot of different avenues to, to work in and ways of succeeding. But at the same time, you know, your responsibility as being a, a part of that offense is to, is to be prepared and to have an understanding of what can at times be some pretty uh, extensive concepts. Uh, I know you, you, you and RJ are going to get into a lot of stuff on uh, all new tie cats this week, so I won't keep you too long. But I do want to ask you about the receivers because you've had a lot of talented receivers come through uh, during your time here and now in the last few years. Uh, Brandon Banks is obviously one of them. And I'm sure you guys will get into that on uh, on Tie Cats this week. So we'll, I'll save that one for for you and RJ. But I do want to ask about just the group that they have here, because at any given game, somebody is capable of going off for 150. And now you add a guy like Lamar Duran, who wasn't targeted a whole lot, but I think is a player that everybody needs to be aware of on the field. When you look at this collective group of receivers, what stands out to you? Yeah, Tim White and Steve Dunbar Jr. are both. Uh you know, got hundred yards receiving, uh, in games this year. And 
it's funny because uh, Stephen Dunbar's hundred yards came on the on the play where <laughs> that he happened to fumble the ball at the end of, uh, and that's sort of an unfortunate uh, coincidence or whatever. But outstanding players, I and mean, I've been really impressed with those two guys. But I can't speak highly enough, and ever and people who are active listeners to the Ticats Audio Network will have heard me talk about uh, Braylon Addison, and I just think I think he is one of the most outstanding receivers in the league, and I think he's incredibly. Uh, multifaceted. I mean, he, you could, you can, is a guy who you just want to get the ball in his hands any, any way you can. And we've seen him on punt returns uh, when they go two back, you know, with Lawrence Woods, obviously we've seen him uh, catch passes downfield and take the ball uh, uh, from, from the quarterback in the backfield. So I, and I agree with that, with that mentality with Braylon. I just think he's incredibly explosive and it looks very different when he has the ball in his hands. I think there's some, there's some level of security there uh, from a team standpoint, you know, where you kind of say Braylon, Braylon, Braylon's going to take care of us kind of thing was really, really warmed my heart when he caught the first down at the end of the game uh, this past week. And it just seemed to me like that's the guy and that's the type of catch that you expect from him in a moment where, you know, the game was still balancing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, very much so uh, on the edge to go either way. And that the, him securing that catch was uh, a huge part of it. Um, uh, and then, you know, like you said, though, like these guys are, you've got Braylon who's sort of the established vet. And then these guys coming up around him, I, 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 I'm very excited by the receiving room and, you know, you got a, you got away with one in the first quarter from Tim white, which could have almost been another turnover. And I don't mean to bring over that, bring up that word <laughs> again, but, but the wide receiver group has not been free no. of blame from that issue this year. They've had a very, they've had a, a pretty big part in it. And I think that they need to, uh, uh, sort of solidify and and draw a line in the sand uh, their responsibility and and uh, with with that issue and find a way to make sure that that doesn't happen in their room and both the you know we've seen two notably this one from Stephen Dunbar down the field after a very great catch explosive play where the ball came out from an un like unidentified <laughs> flying object yeah. in the secondary right like like both of yeah. the times of those downfield fumbles they didn't expect to get tackled. And I remember Louis early in my career, Guelph, actually a game against Toronto where I caught the ball in the middle of the field and turned up field feeling like I was alone. You know, you ha- it's just, there's no, it doesn't seem like there's anybody around you. And sure enough, the hatchet comes out from the right and knocks the ball free. And you got to learn from those. And I did, I learned from that and thought, I really, truly think back to that. And for the rest of my career, I, I thought about that moment when I felt like I was all by myself and laxed, ball mm-hmm. security. Well, young guys learn those lessons and then you, you start to not do that anymore. And so, uh, you know, with Braylon's leadership and, uh, and a group of talented guys, I do expect that, that to become less of an issue. Yeah. I mean, and that Anthony Johnson and Steven Dunbar fumbles, almost carbon copies, Car- like same place on the football field, same big play. And uh, again, I talked about with Tommy and he wasn't one to look in the past, but one or two plays, uh, in some of those losses, we're talking a much different Tie Cats team and uh, a team that's probably looking uh, to put their throat on uh, on the rest of the East Division in the next four out of the five games. But uh, the last three games, for sure, two wins and a game in BC that the Tie Cats had a chance, a very good chance to win. Uh, you know, in in the fourth quarter, how can you build momentum on those two going into these uh, huge divisional games? Yeah, you have to, and you have to continue to praise what's going well and then identify and correct the things that are not. And uh, the turnovers 
have gotten better as it's gone on, but still not dominating the turnover ratio by any means, still not uh, uh, problem-free. I, I've liked the way that Dane has played in the, in the past couple of weeks. He certainly had a sense of ball security mm-hmm. back there and he's made plays uh, at times that, that are, that are uh, high level. And um, you, you know, the, the real lingering question mark to me is why the fourth quarters have been the way that they are. And to see a dominating fourth quarter would be a real uh, badge of honor for this team to sort of say, you know, we, we've kind of figured it out. We're sort of past that, but the, the uh, games have have continued to slip away. I mean, there's something there's something like the, the net minus fifty in the fourth quarter point scoring. I mean, it's really a really a, an alarming uh, uh, statistic and and sort of a uh, you know chink in the armor for this team right now. And so for them to against these Toronto games in the East to be able to finish off some games strong, you know, I think that's going to uh, uh, drastically increase their likelihood of, of, uh, of a great cup. All right, Luke, uh, I don't want to take all the topics away from you and RJ. So I'll, uh, I'll save you some guys, uh, some stuff to talk about on Friday. Thanks for doing this, buddy. Appreciate it. Good stuff, Louie. Yep. Awesome. See you soon. My thanks to Luke Tasker for joining me on today's show. My thanks to you. Uh, could not do the show without your support. So we thank you and hope you'll join us back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. The show Ty Cats today. I'm Louie Butko, hoping you have a great day. TyCast Today can be heard every weekday, and we would like to hear from you. Email us at gameday at TyCats.ca. Have a question or an opinion? We want to hear it. That's gameday at TyCats.ca. Subscribe to the TyCats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.